Hey guys, so this is our second um, session talking about Roman fashion. So last time we kind of talked about why do we care about Roman fashion? What did it mean to the Romans to wear certain outfits and um, sort of the fact that it was an expectation of society and that presentation of self was such a huge um part of Roman values that fashion was not just what you wore. And so today we're actually going to talk about more specifically the different styles that could be worn. And a reason why that's important is because styles were another indicator of status and rank because while everyone had some form of a tunic, um, patricians and plebeians alike, uh, patricians for certain occasions would have very dramatic outfits. So we famously know the toga, which is a very complicatedly draped um, set of linen that could be worn by senators and magistrates. Um, but it was really, it was an indication of patrician standing and so you didn't find that particular style on plebeians and uh patrician women wore what was called the stola which also was something that plebeian women were not wearing so just to kind of expand on different styles so the toga that everyone kind of knows as the typical roman outfit really wasn't all that typical. Um, Like I said, the tunic was sort of the base garment for any kind of outfit that Romans would wear. Um, So the toga was worn usually over the tunic, and there were different styles that you would see. Um, But freedmen actually were not allowed to wear a toga, and freedmen that had gained a lot of wealth would often try and sort of flout this and Um, wear togas but they were usually shamed for doing so so it was definitely highly frowned upon for freedmen to be wearing a toga it was definitely a symbol um, of natural born citizens and so different types of togas so commoners did have togas of their own um, but they were usually shorter and not as colorful Um, the one that we usually would think of is the senatorial toga which is longer, very complicated, and usually is more colorful. And um, <laughs> it's it was not very practical in everyday life. Um, it was mostly just to have a sort of esteemed look for orators and stuff that um, were doing speeches in the Senate or had some other important business to attend to. Um, to maintain that sort of distinguished image. Um, But in everyday life, they were completely impractical. They were hot. They were hard to get on. They had a lot of material. Um, They were very hard to take care of and launder. Um, So definitely just not practical in everyday life. Um, Women actually were... Married women would wear what was called a stola um, over their tunic which um 
was kind of a symbol of virtue and modesty. And originally, it was only patrician women that were allowed to wear the stola, but later, um, plebeian women and even um, freed women who were considered matrons were allowed to wear it. Um, If you were a matron, um, a married woman in ancient Rome, you were expected to wear a veil at all times, or it would bring personal shame and you were considered to be flouting your marriage and such. (laughs) Um, Also, people that were greeting clients in their homes were expected to wear a toga, so you're expected to maintain that image. Um, It's a sign of respect for your client and also just um, a way for you to show your own wealth and sort of superiority in that relationship. Um... Priests also had certain uh, styles that they were required to wear or that were characteristic of um, religion. So the biggest one is that you'll see in statues as well, the covered head um, is indicative of uh, a religious uh, outfit. And so, actually, you see this on statues of Caesar and such, um, just to kind of connect him to religion, um, and obviously that he is now divine. But priests would wear this when they were performing augury sacrifices. It just kind of helped distinguish them as a religious figure. Um, Vestal virgins, which we also talked about a little bit at length, is that they were expected to pretty much wear white as a symbol of purity and sort of, you know, the untouchable um, women. And so they would wear veils um, and white ribbons as well as red ribbons to sort of show that they were um, supporters of Vesta and her fire, Um, but mostly white um, in order to be... (laughs) the ultimate model of purity for Roman women. Um, And so another sort of interesting example, so I kind of will go into this a little bit more next time with regard to color, but um, generals were allowed to wear what was called the tunica palmata or the toga picta, which was um, a toga of Tyrian purple and gold. And it was something that... that generals were allowed to wear um, when they were celebrating large victories. But then um, it later became very characteristic of imperials and any imperial consorts. And so it later became heavily associated with royalty and um, the dynasties. And I kind of will go into that a little bit more next time when we talk about color. Thanks for listening. So the next episode will focus on fabric and color. Um, So it's just kind of an interesting extension of this because you'll kind of get to see how um, styles are further broken down by class into colors because... um, It was honestly not accessible for some people to purchase certain colors just because some dyes were very expensive. So, thank you so much.